All right, we got a little crossover episode here for Locked On Pistons and Locked On Red Wings. We got Nolan Bianchi and Ethan coming to us from Locked On Red Wings. Guys, uh, we're getting through this, right? We're just coming up with some crazy content. So Nolan and I were talking about showing and talking about the best moments in Little Caesars Arena history. Now, before mm-hmm. we get into this, I want to get your guys' thoughts. We're three years in, about three, you know, almost three full seasons in, however you want to uh, clarify what's going on here. Do you guys like Little Caesars Arena as an arena? Are, are you fans of it? Uh, I do. I've been somewhat critical of Little Caesars Arena on this podcast before, just in terms of its lack of character, uh, you know, the, the way it kind of feels like a shopping mall. But as it has been pointed out to me and as is quite obvious, uh, you know, that that's not going to necessarily change until one of our teams start winning here. So, uh, you know, my only complaints with it are kind of those things, but, uh, Matt, I'm sure you can attest to this. You've been to, uh, both Pistons games and Red Wings games over the past couple of years that, uh, you know, when I was at that game against Boston a couple of weeks ago when the Red Wings beat the Bruins, uh, on like a lazy Sunday afternoon out of nowhere. And, uh, that stadium was about halfway full and it got loud in there. Uh, I'm excited to see what the building can become. I think that it has all the makings uh, just with, you know, the, the, the sound, the way it reverberates and the way that the, the lights are able to kind of make that place look crazy after a goal and stuff like that. I think that one day it will be uh, a good arena. I think it's just going to take one of these teams being good. Yeah. Like the, the arena is beautiful. I think the architecture on the outside is great. It just fits into the city perfectly. And really, if you're, if we're thinking back to what, you know, what Joe Lewis was, was like, it's one of the worst concourses in the, in the North America. And then for us to get one that does, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with Nolan that it's like a shopping mall. Like it, they got little Caesars uh, management there and everything. And I, I just feel like it's, a Detroit grown stadium. And I I think that they did a good job bringing that in there. And like, I think the ceiling too, like the, on the concourse, like the glass ceiling, I think it looks great. And it is one of the most technologically advanced arenas in North America. Now I love it. I have absolutely no problem with it. I I like it too. Um, I'm kind of incomplete on it just because like, like Nolan says that, uh, you know, we'll see what happens when someone becomes good, but uh, we'll talk about this as it uh, as it goes on. But I have been to one game where it was rocking; it was full, it was a nice crowd, and it was very loud. It was a great atmosphere. But I think for, from a Pistons perspective, obviously they're at a bit. Of, the, the arena is at a bit of a disadvantage because the Palace was nice. I mean, it was a good arena, yeah. And obviously, yep. Little Caesars Arena wasn't built because of the Pistons. It was just an afterthought that uh, the Illich family was doing at the time anyway. So from a Pistons perspective, you had the the bad team, the bad crowds, and the fact that the Palace had all those good memories, just like Jolos Arena did. But it was just a nice modern kind of arena. So it was it's just kind of a hiccup for Pistons fans to go in there. And the first couple times you go to games, you're like, why, why does this even exist? But of course, you have to keep in mind that it's uh, for the Red Wings and uh, the Pistons have to kind of be the, the second tenant, which is fine. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the arena and see how it kind of builds with the fan base. But like you said, I agree with all the positive things about it. It's nice. Uh, you know, it's, I've been well, to Matt, Portland. It's, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off there, but it's funny you say that because I actually took Ethan to his first Pistons game uh, the year that the Pistons moved out of the Palace. <laughs> yep. And he, we, we walked in, and the first thing he says to me is, I can't believe they're just going to tear this place down and move them downtown. 
yeah, yeah. It's, it's an unbelievable i mean it's a nice place it's great for concerts and all that stuff too obviously gone now and uh you know <laughs> you hope right now that i mean your team is a i would say a year or two behind what we're going through right now uh red wings obviously hitting rock bottom this year but it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a couple years before either either of our teams are able to to do that Good times, good times indeed. So <laughs> really? we thought we would, uh, we thought we would just kind of share some of the best memories of Little Caesars Arena from a Red Wings and Pistons perspective. So Nolan, why don't you get us started? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, our first one is Jimmy Howard's last win as a Red Wing. Um, <laughs> now Great that times. that uh, that comes on October 29th, 2019. As Matt pointed out before this podcast, long before anybody had ever heard of the coronavirus, long before it was Pierre Maguire. It twinkle in its father's eye at that yes, point. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and the Red Wings beat the Oilers 3-1. Jimmy Howard having a, a – his year is disastrous on a, a massive scale. He's 223-2. Nolan, it's, it's to the point where, like, we have never seen statistics like this that are that bad from an NHL-level goaltender ever. Yeah, an 871 save percentage. Oilers, too. Yeah, Ken Holland's Oilers. So there was a little bit of, uh, you know, it was a revenge game in a way. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Jimmy Howard, he actually won the first game of the season. He started – I mean, I would assume – I mean, he kind of started the season as a starting goaltender, made an all-star appearance last year, uh, you know, wins his first game of the season against the Nashville Predators, and it's just all downhill from there. Um, you know, since that game against the Oilers, I just mentioned he's 0-18-2 and with an 871 save percentage. And on the year, he's 2-23-2 and with a 420 goals against average. Uh, just, just not what you, you hope to see from uh, our friend Jimmy. And I think that, you know – Jimmy Howard is a guy who he never won a cup or anything like that. But if, I mean, at the end of the day, he's the third winningest goaltender in Red Wings history. And I remember the the first game of this year when Mantha had like 12 goals in, in that first game. I was yeah. like, wow, you know, maybe, maybe the Red Wings will be like a little bit better than last year or something. And that, that didn't age well. No, not at all. Uh, and, you know, just to add on to that, Jimmy Howard was pulled six times this season, including the last two games that he played. Now, here's an interesting stat for you guys. See, this is actually kind of mind-blowing. So there's 60 minutes in an NHL game, right? The last sure. two games that he played this season were against at Pittsburgh. He gave up four goals on 16 shots in 27 minutes and 55 <laughs> seconds. And then he got pulled the next game against Minnesota. He gave up five goals on 17 shots in 32 minutes and five seconds. So he played exactly 60 minutes in his last two games. Hey, not bad. Not bad. Pretty fascinating stuff, right? Absolutely. And, and so I'm, I heard you guys last week talking about the, you know, the, the tournament and the 64 or 69 players and, and you guys, um, and I'm not, this is not criticism. Uh, you know, you, you kind of talked about Howard in that group of, I think it was Manny legacy and other, other goalies and just kind of saying that, um, you know, that he's not, obviously not to the caliber of the Hoshiks and, and, uh, saw Chucks and the, the great goalies of Red Wings past. But I remember a time when Howard was just starting, uh, you know, he, he obviously never achieved ultimate success for the Red Wings, but I can remember a time when I was a bit of a Howard apologist. And I was, I was like, yep. he was he was okay in the playoffs, and the, it was like kind of the team letting him down. And again, I'm not arguing that he's an all-time great, or of course, nothing like that. But I think that he's maybe a little bit better 
uh, overall wise than of course how the career is ending here at this point that maybe he was pretty good for a little while there. Well, no, yeah, you're definitely. I mean, yeah, definitely. Like without a doubt, this guy has been, I mean, he was running for a decade, been in the all-star game twice. I mean, he's a good goaltender. It's really just unfortunate that, I mean, cause I realistically, this guy's not going to get re-signed. We, I mean, you could call up Calvin Picard and that's good. Is going to be our backup. I mean, I don't really expect Eiserman to, Say, hey, you know, we're going to give you another shot here when his goals against average on the year is 420. It's, it's just not going to, it's just, I know, right? The first of two times, <laughs> know, 420 right? will be brought up on this segment, by the way, a little bit of a tease there. Oh, all right. <laughs> I like it. Now, uh, I'll move on here with my first entry into the, uh, the mix here. And, and Nolan and I were talking earlier about how we would do this. And obviously, one game where uh, Jimmy Howard wins in October and, and is kind of a, it's a joke in a way, right? Because, and, and so here's the reveal is that the whole thing, this whole thing was going to be a bit, but as I kind of went through it, I was like, well, wait a minute. Even the Pistons best moments are still hilariously downtrodden anyway. So I went with the actual two best moments for the Pistons at Little Caesars Arena, and they're still pathetic, even though they are the two best moments of the last three seasons at Little Caesars Arena. So my first one is October 18th, 2017, and this is the first Pistons game at Little Caesars Arena in the regular season. They hosted the Charlotte Hornets. They win 102-90. to Since that time, the Charlotte Hornets, now we're not talking about the uh, 96 Bulls here. These are the freaking Charlotte Hornets. They have beat the Pistons like 10 straight times since this game the Pistons <laughs> have not beaten the Charlotte Hornets since that time um I remember I, I was living in Chicago at the time I was watching it uh, on the internet uh Eminem was there he did like a weird shout out he was sitting behind Mason and did like a weird shout out right before the the tip off there so the beat the Pistons beat the Hornets this was the spark of a 14 and 6 start to the season for the Pistons in 2017-18 they were led in scoring by Tobias Harris who had 27 points 16 for Langston Galloway. Funny stat, Langston Galloway and Luke Kennard are the only two Pistons who have been on this roster throughout the entire Little Caesars Arena era. That's three seasons, just two guys coming off the bench. So Kennard got a DNP in that first game. That was Ellenson's first game of year two. He had 13 points. Of course, projecting to the great career he would have with the Detroit Pistons. And the best stat of that night was Stanley Johnson on the start the LeBron stopper. The LeBron stopper, yes. Pistons <laughs> legend. 0 for 13 from the field, two points scored by Stanley oh, Johnson. Geez. Man, oh, jeez. Man. The memories are flooding back. Yes. You know you know what? Uh, <laughs> try, to, try to stay uh, as unemotional as possible during this, during this episode, if you guys don't mind. Yeah, just the pain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit of a fair-weather Pistons fan. Um, I always do pay attention to them when they're winning. Uh, but you, you know what's funny is that, How's like, that every – uh, terrible. And, yeah, I should throw in, I haven't paid attention to them in a couple of years. Sure. Uh, but you know, in saying that I would think like dating back to like, what was the first year they made the playoffs? Was that like 2016, 2015? Of this, yeah. They had the one in 2016 when they were swept by the Cavs. Yeah. 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 So like, Not ever to be confused since... with the 2009 season when they were also swept by the Cavs. <laughs> yes. Yes. Of course. Uh, when I think back to like all the times that I've watched the Pistons over this time, uh, and when I thought, ooh, this team might be for real, I feel like they've always been playing the Charlotte Hornets whenever I tune in. It's either the, the <laughs> Charlotte Hornets or the Brooklyn Nets, and they always lose. 
Yeah, and of course those those teams are such thrilling teams to watch to begin with. Also, so I'm sure you've had some great times with NBA basketball during those times. Yeah, it's it's a real hate hate affair with the Pistons that I got going on. Absolutely, and I think those are going to be two teams really duking it out for the worst team in the NBA next year. So that should be exciting too. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, they're able to. Uh, I would. I just love the idea of being like in the top three of the lottery. I love the idea of being able to be upset if you don't get the top pick in the lottery. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, in hockey, you know, be, obviously the Red Wings will be the number one team in the lottery. Uh, the the odds are much worse in the NHL. There's much more, even though they've flattened them a little bit. The incentive in the NBA to be bad is higher. So another unfortunate thing for the Red Wings is they kind of stare into the abyss as well. But what about your uh, your next contribution for best LCA moments? Well, uh, I think this one's an easy one. And this is uh, the sixth game of a six-game win streak to close out last season that completely ruined their draft position. Uh, they ended up with the sixth overall pick, right? Sixth overall pick? Yep. Yep. Uh, ended up taking a really exciting prospect in Mo Sider, who I believe that, you know, all things considered, Red Wings fans are extremely, uh, extremely thankful to have uh, been able to draft. But, uh, yeah, from game 75 to 80 – uh, the Red Wings go a perfect 6-0, and ending that six-game winning streak with a 6-3 win over the Boston Bruins and a 4-1 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins, both of those games at home. Oh, and a 4-0 uh, win over the New Jersey Devils before that at home. I should probably just toss that in. New Jersey's not that good, but it's still a pretty dominant victory. Well, uh, and that's three, like, classic franchises, too, of course. You know, teams that have won cups in the past 20 years and, and all that stuff. And then, of course, the, the sidebar to that is that the Devils losing – helps them get Jack Hughes yep. too. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Ethan. And really looking back at how that draft went down to like, we have one of the most prized prospects. Yes. In from that draft. Yep. Hughes had a horrible year. Kirby doc had a horrible year. Capo Caco had a horrible year with the Rangers. And it's just like, Oh, well, you know, this could actually work for us. So, I mean, it's even better that they were winning these games at LCA. It's actually a good, it's actually a good thing. It did. To, to tie that back with the Pistons too, this year, obviously the Pistons keep losing and now they're fifth in the, uh, the tankathon standings. Now I'm not sure exactly how the NBA is going to handle what the draft lottery will even look like this year, given the uh, unique circumstances we're dealing with. But this draft is so strange. It could be kind of a mirrored situation where if the Pistons end up with the fifth, sixth or seventh uh, slot, you know, not only is it possible to get like a most cider type of player who could end up being the most exciting player of the rookie class at the end of their first year. But in addition to that, you get the rookie salary slot where, you know, we're talking about if you get the first pick and you bust out on it and you, if Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball really sucks, mm -hmm. you're getting you're, you got him for $10 million a year to start with. So yes. you're talking about the sixth, sixth pick in the draft. You're looking at more like $5 million a year, a little bit more manageable on the cap. So there's some advantages, kind of like the Red Wings last year, to maybe not winning the lottery if you're the Pistons this year. Uh, yeah, and just one more thing I want to touch on with that, with the way that the Red Wings closed the season last year. So I mentioned the six-game winning streak. They did play two games after that. They were both losses, so actually ended the game uh, on a two-game losing streak. But in those final eight games, including that six-game win streak, uh, the top line of uh, – Todd, or Tyler Bertuzzi, Dylan Larkin, and Anthony Mantha averaged 4.9 points per game. Uh, so, like, as much as, you know, it sucked, it was like, oh, crap. Like, these guys are really turning a corner. 
Uh, and then, like you mentioned, Matt, the, the start that Anthony Mantha had to start this year, uh, it looked like it was going to be okay that they did that because it was a sign of things to come. Uh, but alas, uh, we all know what transpired from then on. Before we hop into these last couple items, if you've been a listener of this podcast, and I'm sure you've heard of all the great advertisers working with Lockdown to reach sports fans. But what you may not know is that Lockdown Red Wings is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Red Wings fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Lockdown gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Lockdown podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Red Wings fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Lockdown podcast because local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising and just let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Lockdown advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising. And we look forward to hearing from you. Well, I've got one here for you guys, and this is legitimately the best Pistons moment in Little Caesars <laughs> Arena history. And this is a, it was 420. It was April 20th, 2019. This is a Saturday Beautiful. night last year. The Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo are in town for game three of the first round of the 2019 playoffs, the number one seed. I was in the house as a fan, and the Pistons lose 119 to 103. Uh, lose by 16, down 13 at the half. This is a big night because, like you guys probably, you know, the casual fans are back, right? This is like the one game that you're going to watch. You know, Giannis against Blake Griffin, like a big name who's leading the Pistons. Um, They're back in the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Maybe they can win their first playoff game since 2008. This is, you know, nobody's expecting – they're down 2-0 in the series already. They've lost by 30 and 50 in the first two games or whatever. Nobody's expecting them to come back and win the series. But uh, maybe you can steal game three or four, just get one win, just get the gentleman sweep, just lose in five, and, uh, and kind of get that monkey off your back of the no playoff wins. And that just does not happen. It does not happen at all. But I, I got to tell you, I was at courtside <laughs> seats, a little bit of a humble brag there. But it was, wow. it was legitimately fun. It was a fun night of NBA basketball, uh, like George Blaha would say. Andre Drummond, uh, 5 of 14 from the field, 12 points. Uh, he got blocked like twice right away by Brooke Lopez right at the ring, oh, right, at the, right at the rim. And he just like his shoulders slumped and he was just done. Um, it was ugly. And to <laughs> me, it was kind of like the end, uh, really for all intents and purposes, the end of the Andre Drummond era in Detroit. Not that it was like a great era or anything, but to, to even have him kind of come back this year as a lame duck free agent to be, uh, I think the stench, the stench of that performance to me just kind of shined through the summer, and it was a hard thing to kind of to kind of move past there. 27 for Blake. He was heroic and, and kind of was good in game four two nights later. But, of course, as we found out, uh, he was probably doing more damage to his knee and ended up kind of killing this whole season because of that. Uh, it's unfortunate because, you know, the game three, like you mentioned, yes, they're playing the number one team in the NBA. Yes, they're the Detroit Pistons. But, like, you can still convince yourself as a fan, be like, well, haven't lost at home yet. That's right. Yeah, it, the series doesn't start <laughs> until you lose a home game, as, they, as we all know. Um, I was at course- game three in uh, 2016 against the Cavs. I had, like, I was in that, like, little uh, – 
the part of the palace, like they had the little concourse on top of the upper deck. It was standing room only. I was up yeah. there. Uh-huh. I was, it was my last day humble of finals brag. and like yeah. my, yeah, humble brag not to, <laughs> I, I, I had to hook up who got me yeah. the seats. Uh, but no, I was, I remember walking into that game being like, wow, game one and game two are really close. If, if Stanley Johnson can lock down LeBron, like we all know he can, uh, you know, they win one here. It's a series. And, and of course, the, you know, as it turns out, the Pistons gave the Cavs four pretty good games in that series. Yeah. And the Cavs went on to win the NBA championship that year. And, you know, some people will, will, you know, Pistons fans will tell you one of the bigger tests that they got in that postseason, all despite the fact that it was a sweep, <laughs> was against the Pistons. And, if, and you know, uh, that starting five, Tobias and Marcus Morris and Drummond and Jackson and KCP, that's going to be the group that takes the Pistons to the next great level of championship basketball. And, of course, that, that worked out just fine. Okay, so two things but, you know, before we move on to the next thing. One, I truly believe that. Uh, <laughs> I really was really, really excited about that team. And two, it is absolutely hilarious to think about how much bargaining goes on when it comes to Detroit sports fandom. Yeah, and how easy it is to, to kind of start talking yourself into something. <laughs> yeah, I'm already, the, I'm already convinced that the Lions are going to win the division next oh, year. Oh, and so. you know Stan Van Gundy was watching that game coaching, and he's just like, I just got to shore up this bench. I'm going to get Ish Smith. I'm going to get Langston Galloway. I'm going to get John Luer, and we are just going to be all set. Dude, do you remember? that was, And then later that offseason, that picture of Stan Van came out where they, they uh, had that photo shoot where he was looking like a gangster on the bike, and it was like yeah. all very Slow Detroit. Yeah, yeah, and it was mm-hmm. – there was so – the roll. hype train has never been uh, running running faster. Yeah, of course, and you, and you form an effing wall at San Antonio yes. during yep. kind of that era as <laughs> yep. well. A lot of good times, a lot of good times. All right, so I got I got one more that kind of uh, bodes well for the both of us. Well, not bodes well, but you know is uh, relevant to the both of us. And that uh, I think to close off this list of greatest moments in LCA history are when they changed the seats from red to black to hide how bad the attendance were for both teams. And you and can, I and I'll stand by this. This was a good move. I uh, to a degree I agree. I think because of the fact that it's going to be so long that they have to deal with that. Uh, but at the same time, I thought that if you know, you could get a winner in there. Those red seats are mean as hell. And that would have looked, that would have looked great in a playoff atmosphere. Yeah, I agree. But it was just, it was just such an eyesore at the beginning. And, and again, the fact that it had to happen and the fact that, you know, articles are written by it, all the TV stations are covering it. There's all these <laughs> pictures of people doing the actual changing of the seats, a complete embarrassment. No, no doubt about it. But, but I think that like, it, it does look less embarrassing now that they did it. What do you got, Ethan? I mean, as long as you just – I mean, they're just covers. So, I mean, you're just going to take them off once a team gets good. If the Red Wings get the first overall pick this year or if the Pistons get it next year, it's like, oh, okay, hey, guys, you know. There's, Are there's they covers? I think they just installed new seats, didn't they? No, they, they're like strap covers. They go all the way around the back and hook uh-huh. up. So, I mean, like there's going to be – they're not going to build an arena and put all those seats in and be like, no, they stink. Just take them all out. Forget it. Never mind. <laughs> I, I mean, whatever. There's not much you can do. I mean, I can still see that there's not a, a red jersey <laughs> in a seat. Right. So, I it's, mean, there's only so much you can do. But, I mean, I guess it does it's, – it's less eye-appealing, so you're not looking at it, I guess, as much. And, of course, this was the red seats were more of a Pistons problem because, um, you know, the, the Red Wings are red. So, it, it kind of makes more sense for them. And a little mm-hmm. Caesars, you yeah, know, the, yeah. as a primary color, I guess a little bit of orange, but the red works just as well. But for the Pistons – you know, even even when there are, and, and this bothers me about some Pistons fandom, I will defend 
the Pistons fans a little bit here in that the first year especially, the attendance was terrible at Little Caesars Arena. It was obvious. But I will say this. Sometimes when you have all these Twitter pictures of the, the opening tip-off or maybe the, the beginning of the second half, and you show the arena and how dead it is, and I, and I know it sounds counterintuitive to say it's unfair to show what, a, what an arena looks like at the opening tip-off because that's mm. when the game's starting. Yeah. But I've been at games where it's like pathetic crowd-wise, but by the beginning of the second quarter, and I'm not saying that these turn into like great sellouts or great crowds, but it turns into a pretty good crowd sometimes mm-hmm. by the time people get in from, you know, when I'm at games and I'm courtside with a friend of mine who has nice seats, we're not in our seats by the time the game starts. We're pounding as many free beers and wines sure. as we can. So I think that I, I kind of do get annoyed when people are like, here's what it looks like at tip off when many of those times, sometimes right. it turns into pretty good crowd. No, I'm with you. I think that's actually a very fair criticism. Or a fair Anything defense else? against the criticism. I, I think, don't know. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think, uh, I think that's, that's all I really got on that subject. Yeah, do we, do we need to like vote on what the best one is or did we do enough damage here? I know we didn't really – like is the, is the seats thing the best? Is, uh, I think it's think- the seats. It's, yeah. I, you know what? It's, it's a, ugh. I mean, I, I think, you know, let's put a poll out. We'll put, we'll put the top three, which I think are Jimmy Howard's last win as a Red Wing, the playoff <laughs> game against the Bucks, and then the, the changing of the seats. I think the, we'll, we'll put that on, on a, in a poll and uh, see how that goes. How's that? It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, and I mean, it's funny because you have the two tenants, but then of course, across the street, you've got the Tigers and the Lions and there's nothing all that more exciting about what those guys are doing either. No, I mean, uh, Matt, I don't know if you were covering this game as well, but I was at that Dallas game uh, against the Lions earlier this year when it was like 60% Cowboys fans. And it was, I mean, at least it was full, but it was, it was all Cowboys fans. Make no mistake. I, I missed that one, unfortunately. I was there, a couple, you know, when they, they did beat the Packers at home mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. That was good. The, the Crosby um, game? The Cro- yeah, the Crosby game. Off, yes. Off the, the that was the first game. Uh, that was the first Lions game I ever covered. Mm-hmm. And it would have been pretty cool if they had beaten the Chiefs that game too. Yes, that yes. I was. <laughs> I say this all the time. I was. I'm like, you guys remember after Week Four when the Lions were like going to the Super Bowl because and yet, and even uh, when Justin they lost Coleman peanut game. punched twice. Yeah, even when they lost that game, I think we were two one and one, right? Yeah, and it's yep. like, yeah. I mean, you know, we lost the Chiefs, but we're going to a no bye, and everything's going to be fine. We, you know, yeah. we're looking at, you know, maybe we're not a home field playoff team, but we, you know, we should make the playoffs probably. Uh. So, it makes bad. me sick. Good times. All right. Well, I think that's that should just about <laughs> do it for for look back in history. Uh, Lockdown Red Wings. These guys are doing it every day, just like we are. Uh, give them a listen. Give them a follow. And uh, what are you? So, what are you guys doing? Uh, you know, the plans. You got the sixty-four guy bracket for most influential Red Wings. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what else? Uh, maybe this week should should people be looking for as well. Yeah, so we'll have uh, we'll have a two part episode with a special friend of the program that we like to bring on that'll run on uh, Thursday and Friday. I think that's kind of going to be how we're going to do that from now on because there is so much ground to cover within a sixty four person bracket. Uh, and then it looks it's shaping up to be uh, we're going to have Ted Coffin on uh, hopefully, and then do a Red Wings rewind potentially. Uh, I don't want to say with who just in case it doesn't you know, work out, but we're going to do a Red Wings rewind on the uh, 1997 uh, Stanley Cup final game four when the Red Wings finally broke their Stanley Cup drought. What a night that was. For Indeed. Detroit. Indeed. And that's all we can do at this point is look back. 
Of course. And for Red Wing, for the Lockdown Red Wings listeners, uh, this is Matt Shook of Lockdown Pistons, and we are going to be doing some sneaker talk with Doc Joe Brown this week, and we're stealing the boys' idea. We're going to do a bracket ourselves, and I'm going to have right. listeners right. come on and kind of talk it out with me as, as we work through it. So I'm looking for listeners to get in touch with me through Twitter or whatever. Um, just, just get in touch with me, however, and, and we'll have some different listeners on to uh, go through them. Can I volunteer? Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, you I'll can, send you a Twitter DM. Make it, make we'll, it official. We'll get you in the sweet 16 or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I gotta, it's gotta be big names. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no Darwin ham versus Memato Kerr. We'll, we'll save Jack McCloskey for you. How about that? Perfect. Perfect. Trader Jack. Trader Jack. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this crossover episode of lockdown Red Wings, lockdown Pistons. As always, thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. Uh, we really appreciated your time. Be sure to follow him at Lockdown Pistons. Is that correct? That's true. That's right. Yep. And then, of course, you can follow us at LO underscore Red Wings. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. <laughs>